Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Thursday, January the 21st, uh, also a feast day. Today we celebrate the feast of St. Agnes, and we'll talk a little bit about her, but only a little bit, because truth is we know very little about St. Agnes. We'll talk about her at the end. But a, uh, before we get there, brief gospel. Um, following along in Mark, we'll pick up exactly where we left off yesterday, which, if you recall, was Jesus teaching in the synagogue uh, and invited the man with the withered hand to stretch it out. And the Pharisees were looking for him to do something wrong. And of course, he did in their eyes and went off to, um, to plot with their nemesis, the Herodians, against him. So we will pick up today Mark chapter 3, verses 7 to 12, on the heels of that story from yesterday. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed from Galilee and from Judea. Hearing what he was doing, a large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Idumea, and from beyond the Jordan and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd so that they would not crush him. He had cured many, and as a result, those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. And whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God! He warned them sternly not to make him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Interesting, isn't it? You know, uh, everything that uh, our God invites us to do, our church invites us to do, is make him known. That's the whole point, right? Is we're called to make Christ known. And here we have a gospel. I mean, again, this shows that the even scripture can be taken out of context. If we just take that one verse, verse 12 out, and it says, Jesus warned them sternly not to make him known, we can say, hey, why am I making him known? The Bible says not to do it. Well, again, context is everything. And uh, what he's talking is to the unclean spirits, because again, it's that messianic secret idea that I spoke of uh, a few days ago. I won't go into it again, but that idea that uh, people weren't ready for it yet. And uh, ah. so anyway, here's the story. Jesus is kind of just getting away, and I think he needs to get away. You're going to see in Mark a lot of battles. Remember, he's battling. He's the lion. And those battles are with, you know, the, the powers that be as well. He just had two gospels in a row where he was battling with the Pharisees. He wanted to get away from it all, went toward the sea. Don't know. It's not the Sea of Galilee. I don't think he would have gone up there because he was uh, in the Jerusalem area. Um but maybe the Mediterranean, maybe the Dead Sea, not sure which sea, but it just went toward the sea. And um, basically what it says is people came from everywhere. It's saying from beyond the Jordan, from Jerusalem, Idumea, beyond the Jordan would have been the, the severe east part. Um, Jerusalem, of course, the center of the hill country, Idumea, is that, uh, if memory serves, the middle part of the country. They're coming from Galilee, which is the north. Uh, they're coming from everywhere. Why? Tyre and Sidon, which is severe north as well along the Mediterranean. Um, why? They're coming because they've heard what he has been doing. And what has he been doing? He cured many. And the results, those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. If you are a fan of Jesus Christ Superstar, which 
Of course I am, because I'm a child of the 70s, and why wouldn't I be? And why wouldn't you be, for goodness sakes, Andrew Lloyd Webber? Uh, but there's that wonderful 70s movie, and it's so 70s, uh, a scene where people are just coming out of the rocks, coming out of every cave, coming out of every, you know, uh, crag and, and whatever it is, you know, just to come and overwhelm him. That's kind of what this feels like. He's going out to the sea, so he's not crushed by these people who are, are desired, desiring to be healed. Which is understandable. If I've been dealing with an infirmity, infirmity all my life, uh, I'm going to seek out that, that person that can make me whole. But I think it begs the question, my friends, for you and I, why do we follow Christ? What are we looking for? Now, the churchy answer, the nice answer is, um, you know, so we can be more like him. So we can be transformed uh, into another Christ. Um, so we can be one in relationship with him. And the truth is, brothers and sisters, I, that's, that's it. That, and, and, and that answer, there's no way you're listening to this podcast without that being part of the answer. But I think when we are honest with ourselves and look in the mirror, uh, there are other reasons in there too. Sometimes legion. Um, I mean, those, those, those reasons that we follow are many. And maybe they change day by day. I, I think that's just part of being honest because I think God loves us in the midst of who we are, in the midst of our, our 10 or 12 or 40 agendas that we have going on every day. Um, and, and if God's able to love us, I think it's okay for us to be honest and know that's part of what we carry and to put them before God and say, until I'm honest, I, I can't start moving beyond these agendas that these play a role in, in me and within me. Um, every, uh, every year, I, I, one of the blessings of this job is I get to sit down with confirmation students and interview them for 10 minutes. And the first question I always ask them, and if there's a confirmation student listening to this, just know you're going to get asked this by me too. And that is, why are you here? Why do you want to be confirmed? You want to be confirmed because mom and dad want you to? Because you've been going to to faith formation all these years and, and you know why not you know, to do the final thing are you doing it because it's just the next thing because my brothers and sisters did it because my friends are doing it are you doing it because you know it's like I don't have anything else to do that day uh, what's going on within you and usually again I appreciate the honesty of the high schoolers they're like yeah a lot of that's going on and I say you know what that's okay that's, that's honest because I think the truth of the matter is I was the same way. But as long as part of you, 1%, 2%, whatever that is, as long as there is a percentage of you that wants to grow closer to Christ, that wants to become another Christ, that wants the Holy Spirit rooted within me, God can work with that. I say that to them, and I believe it to be true, and I say it to you and I too. What are we looking for? What are we following Christ for? What is it? You know, my friends, there, it is no accident 
that the Eucharist is the source and summit of who we are. It is the very center of our churches. You know, the altar is always going to be central because that is central to who we are. Why? Because it is Christ, of course. Yes. Because our God invites us on the Last Supper, he, he said, do this in memory of me. Of course, that's why we do it. Because we are called to be bread broken and wine poured out on behalf of others. It's the meaning of the crucifix. Of course, those are all it. But the bottom line and what Eucharist invites us to is that remembrance every time we go that it is about transformation. Everything in our lives, everything in dealing with God is about transformation. That, that's it. And, and there can be no greater, and I mean that sincerely, there can be no greater image of that than the Eucharist. Because here is bread. What is more common than bread in our world? Nothing. Every culture, every society, every peoples have had bread as their base. It may take different forms, but it is bread. And it takes the most common element in all of our our world, and it becomes the most holy. Brothers and sisters, we're common And I mean that in the best sense of the word. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We are God's beloved, but we are common, and God desires to make us holy. We are on that altar with Christ and invited to be transformed. And if, my friends, there is at least part of you that follows Christ, not just so we can be more comfortable, not just so... Uh, I can put in a good word for the Packers for this Sunday. Not just so I can hear a good joke or story from Father. Not just so I can have the, the donuts at the end because, dang, they're good. Or, or see the, the people that I miss seeing or, or you, you know, and, and whatever it is. Those are all fine things. But if there's part of us that follows because we desire to be transformed into the very image of Christ, into the one into whom we are baptized, right? A new creation. God can work with that. Because whatever percentage that is, be it 2%, be it 40%, be it 80%, maybe the next time we come back or next month we're at 81 or 82. It takes a time, my friends. It takes time. And, and, and the life of God is not a life uh, that that is designed for our comfort. Um, I was talking with uh, someone, uh, you know, a week or two ago, and, and they were talking about how they didn't find peace in a certain uh, situation that they were in uh, at Mass. And I said, you know, the Mass is not designed for our comfort. It's designed uh, certainly to bring us peace, I hope, eventually, but not all the time. Because if we simply go for peace, we're the center of what we're seeking. Uh, yeah, we, we want to be grounded in that peace. There's no doubt about that. Then that's part of it. I don't want to belittle that. And, and, and please, don't hear me wrongly. But brothers and sisters, the Mass invites us beyond that. It's got to stretch us. It, just as often as we find peace at Mass, we should find uh, um, distress is too strong of a word. But we should be made uncomfortable because otherwise we have the whole of what we want to be. And God, we have not reached the end. God invites us beyond. And so we should be stretched and broken 
so as to be more aptly and ably poured out for others. Why do we follow Christ? What are we looking for? It's a good question for today. St. Agnes. Let's take a minute on St. Agnes. Here's what we know about St. Agnes. Very little, like I said. Um, she uh, was a, at least legend has it. There's as much a legend surrounding her as, as knowledge, and, and there's some, some of both, of course. Lived in about the second half of the third century, so let's say, you know, 250 to 300, somewhere in there. A 12 to 13-year-old girl uh, was supposed to be very beautiful but very devoted to Christ and had many suitors. And again, this is appropriate to the time, many suitors to be her husband, and she refused them all. And supposedly one of those suitors uh, turned her into the authorities for being a Christian. This would have been time during the persecutions. And uh, she was sent to a, a house of, of prostitution, uh, refused uh, to, uh, to move in that direction, and uh, s- remained steadfast in her faith and in uh, the life that uh, Christ had given her. And she was, uh, there are different legends about what happened to her, but beheaded or uh, burned. Um, and so martyred ultimately for her faith. And I think what, what I can invite any, any number of thoughts uh, to us, but the, the name that comes to mind, of course, is Maria Goretti. Uh, Maria lived only 100 years ago and not dissimilar, a beautiful young Italian girl, uh, age, similar age, 12, 13. Uh, a young man spotted her, and uh, when she refused his advances, he uh, um, had a knife in her and stabbed her, you know, 20-sometimes. And she did not die for 24 hours and in that time was able to pray and forgive him and came to him in a vision, giving her, him flowers and changed his life. And, and so there's something about that image of wholesome beauty uh, that carries the holy. And even beyond that, that idea that holiness, brothers and sisters, is not just something we aspire to in our elderly age. But God calls us all to be holy today, right now, regardless of how old we are. And uh, are we ready to say yes to that? Again, I think that ties in with our gospel. Why do we follow? Do we wish? How much of us wishes to be holy? And are we able to give all of it to God to know that he can eventually, and, and, and day by day, move us through that? Let's pray. Uh, let's bring our intentions before our uh, Blessed Mother, of course. And uh, trust that she knows exactly what to do with him. So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth joyful mystery, the presentation at the temple. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. St. Agnes, pray for us. God's blessings and peace, my friends. I look forward to us gathering one more time tomorrow to break open God's word.